is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman, Kellen Gersky, and Jacob Breck with you on another episode of the Steelers Standard. On this episode, we're going to take a look at some cap casualties. And we've kind of, you know, touched on this a lot in a couple of episodes, but really only brushed the surface with these guys. And that's the two biggest cap casualties in my mind, Joe Hayden and Vince Williams. And then there's a third guy that I don't know if you guys have listened, but the uh, pulse of the Pittsburgh media has added another person to the cap casualty list. Eric Ebron is gaining a little traction as far as somebody that should be entertained as chopping. But let's start with Vince Williams, because in my mind, I think he's the safest bet to say he's going to be a cap casualty for the Steelers. But as I look into it more, I'm not so sure that that's the best idea for them. He costs $7 million against the cap. His dead cap hit would be $3 million, so the Steelers would only save about $4 million off their cap if they cut Vince Williams. And they got a lot of problems at inside linebacker as far as depth is concerned. $7 million, they're going to be able to work this cap down pretty significantly, I think. I don't know if it's that big of a price to bring Vince Williams back for one more year. And I know we've kind of been saying popularly amongst the three of us, hey, Vince Williams is a guy that we can definitely move on from. It's time to move on from him. He's at the end of his road. But You know, the more I think about that number, the more I think, hey, why not run it back one more? If we're running it back with Ben and we're going to try to run back 2020, why not do that to the most we possibly can and bring back Vince Williams? Yeah, I mean, is it the, I mean, I don't know if that's the right way of thinking. We've talked about that before, you know, running 2020 back. But I I mean, I guess I understand that that point of it is, you know, if you are going to run it back, you might as well bring back all the people that were there last year. Um, and it wouldn't bother me by any stretch if Vince Williams is a Steeler in 2021. Um, you know, he just, I've made this point a couple times on this show is that, you know, it's a tough situation because, you know, Vince has, I think personally has, has really played like above what we expected him to be as a pro. Um, and even more so later in his career, like, it seems like he's aged kind of like a fine wine. He's got better with age. But at some point, that's going to stop. At some point, he's going to take a step back. And I think that that case could be made for a lot of guys on this roster. Um, you know, we've talked about a lot of them at length. I'm sure we'll do it again today. We'll talk about some of the guys. But you need to make a move before their play really slows down. And um, But on the flip side of that, when you look at Vince, he plays inside linebacker. And you don't have a ton of inside linebacker depth as it is. So it's kind of a catch-22 there because if he takes a step back, well, you know, how far back of a step is it? But you might still need him to play because you don't really have many other guys there. Um, You know, if I had to put a chip down, I I think Vince would still probably be a cap casualty, but it wouldn't bother me if he was still here in 2021. Um, I I just, like I said, it's you're kind of damned if you do and you're kind of damned if you don't. Can we real quickly, Tom, run down what each guy, Ebron, Hayden, and Williams, would be as a hit to the cap? Yeah, we can. Hayden is going to be a 15.575 million hit to the cap next year. Ebron would be an 8.5 million hit for the cap next year. So Vince Williams of these big three would be the smallest. Would be the smallest of the cap. And plus, dead cap money always has to be factored in when you cut them, and he only would save about four million dollars. Both Ebron. And Hayden would save a lot more. Ebron would save around $6 million. Joe Hayden would save a fat $12 million on the cap. So with those numbers in mind, and with Ebron's name getting traction in the cap casualty race, if you will, I personally would much rather keep Vince Williams than I would I'm leaning that way too, I think. I mean, it sounds like 
because we've been talking about Joe Hayden's name for so long and because he'd be the biggest hit, I mean, double of what he's Vince juicy, Williams. And we're going to get to him in a second here. Right. It sounds like maybe he's kind of dead in the water at this point, unfortunately, because I would love to keep Hayden around for a little bit longer. Uh, but I would much rather, if you're talking about just less than a million dollars in the difference between Williams and uh, Ebron, I'd much rather keep Vince Williams around than Eric Ebron because – the things that we've said about Eric Ebron throughout the past season compared to Vince Williams was when we were talking about Ebron, we were saying the things that he couldn't do when he was on the field. When we talked about Vince Williams, we were talking about how much the team missed him when he wasn't on the field. And when you consider those two points, I think a lot of people, uh, especially the three of us, could say that Vince Williams brings a lot more value to this team. Uh, and that goes a lot farther than just capabilities on the field. I mean, you look at leadership. As Kellen said, he's kind of been like a fine wine, and a big part of that uh, that you can give credit to is his longevity with the team. I mean, he's been around, and to bring him, be able to bring him back, hopefully, like Kellen said, like, hopefully he's on that right track. Hopefully he doesn't hit a big wall and hits it hard. Uh, to have him and have Devin Bush kind of lock up that linebacking group and only have – Alex Highsmith is the only question mark in that unit would be a, a big boost to that unit. But then you would have to look at the cornerbacks and say, okay, well, now we're down arguably our best cornerback. What are we going to do with the guys remaining there? But, yeah, I, I would personally much rather keep Vince Williams if it costs about the same to keep him or Eric Ebron. A potential replacement for Vince Williams, as we all know, would have been Avery Williamson, but he's a free agent, so they'd have to re-sign him. And Spotrek has his average market value being around $7.2 million. Mm. That's not going to be his cap hit, probably, because mm. you'll spare that out in a signing bonus. But cap hit maybe settles around 4 $3 million. So you'd basically spend what you save on the cap of Vince Williams back on Avery Williamson if you want to bring him back. Is that really a good swap in your guys' mind? Because I don't think it is, because... Of all the stuff that Jacob illustrated and you illustrated, you trust Vince Williams way more than Avery Williamson. And when Avery Williamson got to Pittsburgh, he had to sit behind Robert Spillane before he really was able to play a lot, and he didn't really start until Spillane. And when he did an injury start, bug, yeah, when he did start. It wasn't anything special. Exactly. So like, he obviously needed time to get set to get used to a new defense. I'll give him that, but it, he never really took over for Spillane. Or he never really dazzled where you're like, wow, this guy has potential. We could bring him back next year, and he could fill the role next to Devin Bush. And Vince Williams is that guy that would fill that role next to Devin Bush. So why not shell out $3 million extra dollars, assuming that the hit for Avery Williamson will be around 3 or 4 for Vince Williams on your cap? I think it's a smart move if you want to win next year, which you do because you're bringing Ben back. Well, I think that I don't think that I think Vince is probably still a better player than Avery Williamson. So are you really going to, um, you know, bring the lesser player in. I know I just said that Vince could take a step back, but even with a step back, I think he's still a better player than Williamson. And I think that's pretty well illustrated by you and the fact that, Hey, when he came in, yeah, he had, he had to learn the defense and it wasn't necessarily a familiar situation to him, but he played behind Robert Spillane. Um, you know, what's that old saying? If you can't beat out the stiff, you probably are a stiff. So, um, you know, I don't think I, to me, I don't think Avery Williamson is above and beyond past Vince. So I guess to that point, he would be the better option because like you said, you trust him. He's been in the system and he's been there long enough and he's, you know, had a year to play beside Bush and, um, you might as well let that relationship grow if it comes down to either Williamson or, um, or Williams. And who, and who's to say that Spillane, 
wasn't better than Avery Williams right. last year, and he's going to be. He a lot, I think he was. He's going to be a lot cheaper, and he can be your backup to Vince Williams and, and Bush. Bush. Yeah. I think he was, and that I think the case in point was when the Steelers went out and got Williamson. It wasn't okay. We're going to take Spillane out and put Williamson in immediately. They just kept Spillane in there until Williamson was needed. And it seemed like everybody thought that that was what was going to happen as soon as Williamson. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally learned, agree. Totally as soon agree. as he learned like the, it was the, the defense, oh, wow, pulled the trigger on a trade. Nice. Right. We got ourselves a new shiny toy at inside linebacker, but it it didn't happen no, that way. No. And everyone thought, oh, as soon as he learns the defense, he'll beat out Spillane, and and Spillane will be back to where he was before. And like you said, Tom, the only reason that. Williamson really played was because Belaine got hurt. I think, you know, like I said, if you can't beat out the stiff, you you probably are a stiff. The guy who has the juicy, juicy cap hit is Joe Hayden. And the fact that it's so the fact that it, the fact that makes it the most juicy in my mind is the dead cap is only two point nine seven five million dollars. So you'd only have to pay about three million dollars in dead cap where he's due to have a hit of fifteen point five seven five. That's the second highest on the team next to Big Ben Roethlisberger's 41.25 hit that we'll all assume <laughs> will be going down at Hope some so. point in the future. So Joe Hayden's got the second highest cap hit on the team. He's got really the least amount of dead cap for anybody of significance at all that you would think about cutting. You can't really restructure him to get that cap hit down because he's on the decline. He's getting up there in age, and he spent a lot of time at the end of the season last year uh, dealing with he had an injury, and then, of course, he catches COVID, and he can't play in the playoff game, which was a huge blow for the Steelers. It's a super thin position. That's really the only thing that's holding you back from just saying, yeah, bang, cut his head off. I love you, Joe Hayden. You were a great addition to this team. You've really solidified yourself as a Pittsburgh Steeler, at least in our generation's mind. But I'm sorry. It's just not going to work out anymore. You save us $12 million. That's enough money to definitely sign Mike Hilton or Cam Sutton or maybe even sign them both, honestly, because Vince Williams, like I said, isn't going to be that much. And the guy we're going to get to next, Eric Ebron, you save $6 million with him. All of a sudden, you're looking at enough money to spread between Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton, whereas I thought those two, only one was going to be a foregone conclusion coming back. I thought one was going to walk for sure. Yeah, and, and maybe with... You know, if Hayden does go and and they do, you know, is, you kind of have to do that if Hayden leaves. Yeah, you have to sign them both, and you would have enough money, you would think, to sign both. They're of both going to be around seven point five million cap. Hits. So maybe you do or not have, cap hits, excuse me, value for yeah, the right. project. So maybe like a five million cap hit or something. And, and maybe if if they do do that with Hayden, then then they would have enough money to sign both of them. But the problem is, and that's the problem we'll get to with our our next guy we're talking about, Nebron. It's just so tough to make that decision because you know that there's not much in the cornerback room. And I know we keep saying that, but it is the truth. And, and you if know, you did what I'm saying. You have to trust Cam Sutton to be that guy. Right. You and have to be the outside one-on-one -on -one coverage. You're the guy next to Steve Nelson. And I don't know if he is that, but he really I know, hasn't. I don't think he, I don't he hasn't he gotten is. a chance to do it either. Right. Um, but I don't think he is that. And I don't think a lot of people think that he is. He's a good backup and he's a good role player. Don't get me wrong. He's made plays for the Steelers before. But that's the guy you're trusting. And, you know, then you're trusting other guys lower on the depth chart to come up and play bigger roles. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. It's just, you know, it does sound great. And if the Steelers would cut Hayden, it definitely saves them money. It definitely allows them to sign uh, Sutton and probably Hilton. But it's just so tough when, you know, Sutton's going to be your number two corner if if Hayden's gone. It's a tough proposition for the Steelers. And then Hilton has his specialty, so that means Justin right. Lane probably slides up to the number three DB for and, a majority of snaps. And you haven't seen a lot from Lane either. No.
No, and it all comes down to what will the Steelers value more? Will they value having two guys additionally in Sutton and Hilton? Because I think it's a foregone conclusion almost if you get rid of Hayden, you have to bring back both of them because of how skinny that skinny of room the Steelers have at the cornerback position. Well, what do you value more? If you're the Steelers, what do you value? If I'm more? the Steelers, you gotta. I would say if if you can't bring back Hayden, I would I would. I think two is better than guys. one. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then because if you bring back Hayden, one of those guys is gone. Possibly, sure. Possibly both are both, gone. Yeah. Possibly both are gone. And, yeah, Tom, it's it's hard because I think, at least for our generation, he hasn't been here for very long. He's only been here for four years. But he gave it his all, Joe Hayden, when he was uh, a Pittsburgh Steeler. And it's going to be hard to let him go because it was almost a career revival for him. I think not even almost, I think it was because yeah, it was. Cleveland quit on him and he came to Pittsburgh and became an all pro uh, talent again. But I think at this point you have to say, this is a business and the business decision you have to go with is the two guys versus the one. And I think the the smarter decision for the Steelers would have to be to go with Sutton and Hilton, who yes, as Kellen has said, are a little unproven compared to Joe Hayden, who's had a decade long career, but they're, they've both been valued members since of the teams ever since Sutton was drafted and the Steelers uh, signed Mike Hilton. But it, it all depends on on what the Steelers will will value more. Don't be surprised though if we see Joe Hayden become a cap casualty and the team that comes knocking on his door, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, they got cap man. space and it would just be a very poetic ending. Oh man, come back. We could use some help in the secondary too out here in Cleveland. Denzel, they really Denzel could. Ward's a stud. Imagine lining Joe Hayden opposite of Denzel Ward. And he's your number two. That's gonna be a really good secondary all of a sudden. I'm not saying that that's what's gonna happen. I'm just saying if I were the Cleveland Browns and Joe Hayden was a cap casualty. I would absolutely be kicking those tires because you could definitely get them on a deal that's not going to be a cap hit of fifteen point five seven five million for you guys, but you have the cap space anyway if you wanted to make that happen. But I think what we touched on here is that depth in that cornerback room is really, really thin. So even though we kind of hope Joe Hayden walks, you bring back Hilton and Sutton, you have Justin Lane get elevated in the depth chart. They're going to have to take a cornerback in the draft. Uh, maybe look at free agency for a veteran that could be like a $2 million, $3 million cap hit. That's going to be pretty far-fetched to me. I would take a cornerback, but I wouldn't do it until one of the third-round draft picks that you have because I just think the offense is where you go first two rounds. So cornerback in the third round or later, I think that's a pretty much a guarantee for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, they need depth there, and it's all predicated on what happens with, you know, with Hayden, obviously, and – you know, regardless of what combination that it is, um, whether it's, you know, Hayden and Hilton or whether it's Hayden and Sutton or whether it's Sutton and Hilton, um, you have to have two of them. You know what I mean? You have to have two come back. Right, right. Um, and that's the best case. I mean, there is a worst case scenario where only one come back. Um, but in a, in a perfect world, you need two of those guys to come back because it's two guys that are going to play and play considerable minutes for you. I mean, if Hayden comes back, he's your number one. So... Um, it's again, it's a tough situation for the Steelers because they don't have a lot of depth there. And just looking at some of the free agents that are in that market for like two million dollars, I mean, Quentin Dunbar, I mean, Kevin King, mm. Troy Hill, Nickel Roby Coleman. I, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking it's at. Depth. It's depth, then maybe that's a move you make later, you but know, months down the road. A draft pick, too, yeah. but a draft pick also. Draft pick's unfamiliar depth too, but a draft pick that what the draft pick has that they don't have 
is the potential yeah, sure. where this guy, you could pick him in the third round, and in a year or two, he could be starter ready to be one of the top two corners. Right, and as Callan said, in an ideal world, you're bringing back two of these guys, but I think the no that needs to be made about the possibility of bringing back Joe Hayden is if you don't bring him back and you're left with Cam Sutton and Mike Hillen, which isn't, isn't a bad deal to be left with, but as Callan said— It's a gamble, but it's, a, it's right, an okay but gamble. It, you, as Callan said, you have to bring back two of these guys because if you bring—somehow something goes wrong and you, you're only bringing back one of these three names that we've been talking about— then this Justin Lane kid, who we barely mentioned today because that's what he is. He's barely mentionable in the starting rotation. He's going to get starting time, and that's not what you want if you're the Steelers. And so that's unless something he you develops. have to avoid. Unless he develops. He hasn't proven that. He but can, though. He's got a big offseason in front of him, and he's going to hopefully, knock on wood, as we get through COVID here, a full training camp at his right. disposal. That could help. But right now, the sample size that we've seen of him hasn't been too promising, so... In an ideal world, Kellen, yeah, you're bringing two of these guys back. You have to avoid only bringing one back. Yeah, and then hopefully you bring a third in, whether that's in free agency or, or, the, draft. or the draft. I think that's a guarantee. And I th- yeah, I right. think it's I think guarantee. that's a guarantee. And really quick, I was just again looking at these free agents. Artie Burns out there for a one million dollar. Oh, Artie coming home? Yeah. Wow. Yikes! What a redemption! Tor- I don't know, I don't know if I need that homecoming. Tor- Tore his ACL yeah. last year. Little so different don't hold homecoming vibe. The Artie Burns homecoming. Then Sean and the Davis. Joe Hayden homecoming. Oh, well, yeah, if he went too. back to Cleveland. One guy I'm looking at before we get to Ebron as far as high cap hits are concerned that you could definitely restructure and they need to immediately is Steph to it. Yeah. Uh, that's a guy that I still think has three years left in the tank if he can stay healthy. So I think it's worth a shot to get that cap hit down to I mean, single-digit help- millions where it's sitting at 14.9 right now. You get that down to like nine or eight, that yeah. helps a lot. That also helps signing both Sutton and Hilton. Yeah, he stayed healthy last year too, which yeah. is a, a good sign considering how long he was out for the year before that. But yeah, it's definitely a priority because we've talked about units individually and the one we haven't spent much time talking about in the past couple of weeks since the offices began has been the defensive line just because it's been three guys strong and all three guys are under favorable contracts right now and you want to keep that happy you want to keep things uh you know all you know just perfect now the take that's kind of been floating around today i think uh dan kovakovich had that uh article about it and other people have thought about this too i think we might have even talked about it on our show before just as talking about potential cap casualties is tight end eric ebron uh it's a guy that i definitely want to cut let me say that if that's not too far out no, of bounds I don't, I don't for think me to is. say uh he'd be 2.5 million dead cap 8.5 million cap it that saves you 6 million right there but honestly i think ebron was a disappointment this year i mean he showed his flashes but that's always what he's done in his career in Indianapolis and in Detroit. He shows the flashes. It's just the consistency part that he can never really nail. Right. And he's, he had like, and what, he's a loud talker. He's a part of the distract. Like, don't get me wrong. He wasn't in the TikToks as Claypool and Juju, but he's definitely a part of that same cut of the cut of that cloth. I mean, he's yeah, definitely was, distraction follows him. I mean, Juju and Claypool were the ones who were in the spotlight because that's what happens with receivers. Unless your name is Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski at the tight end position, your name's not going to be talked about like that, like a celebrity almost. But he's definitely in that crew right. of off-field distractions. And as you said, Tom, to the point of inconsist- inconsistencies, when he was in Detroit, he never really took stride at any point. He had a 14-touchdown season when he was with the Colts. I think the next year he had four, maybe even less touchdowns than that. So, yeah, talk about inconsistency. I mean, the guy was on and off all year long for the Steelers, too. Now, the speculation is you cut him and you bring in two blocking tight ends. That's nice in theory, 
But that's where it gets really tricky for me, and that's why I think you might have to just keep Eric Ebron because who are you going to get? The market's really soft for a tight end as far as free agency is concerned because you're not paying $10.5 million <laughs> for um, Hunter Henry no. out of L.A. So uh, it's just not really in the cards to – I mean, Rob Gronkowski is probably the best blocking tight end out there. He's going to just sign back with Tampa yeah. Bay. He's attached to Tom Brady's hip forever. So it's just I don't know if you can go to free agency and pick up a Mercedes Lewis. Has he always, he's never really been that great of a blocker to begin with. It's just going to be really thin. So you look into the draft, you look into the draft, and maybe, honestly, in the draft, you take a tight end late, but these tight ends out of college, they're not interested in blocking either. The new college offenses are all pass, and they involve their tight end, their athletes. Right, and and that's going to be the the risk you run, and that's kind of why I lean that Ebron won't be a cap casualty is because who's going to play tight end? I mean, who's going to play tight end next year if he goes? Exactly. I think that's why he might just end up being on the team again next year. Yeah, I think that's where he's going to go. And, and you know, I mentioned our last episode that we did was, um, you know, you could look at um, you could look at Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State or a guy like that. Of course. There's, be quiet. There's only there's only like two or three guys that are NFL ready to, to that could play and make an impact right and now. And in all seriousness, you watch a lot of Penn State. What was Fryermuth like as a blocker? Was he? he did, well, I mean, to be honest, he didn't block much because he's, he's one of their running, best receivers. He's one of their best receivers, and that's right. the problem with these calls. And Kyle Pitts, the best tight end, who's going to be maybe a top 10 pick, he's top 10 pick because of his he's, receiving ability, right. he's, not because he's a blocker. He's a big body. He's a big guy playing wide yeah, receiver. He's like you, Ebron, but without the drops. develop into the blocker as yeah. a Kelsey or a Kittle can now throw some big-time blocks if they have to. I mean, Kittle loves blocking. Rob Gronkowski, another great example. Yeah, he was one of the best tight ends receiving-wise, but that dude loved to block when he had to. I think you can develop that into the NFL. It's hard to get a rookie to come in and just be like, hey, jumbo packages, when you're we're blocking. running the ball with our new running back Harris or Etienne, <laughs> you're blocking. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, when guys don't like, do that a lot. blocking. Sure. And, 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 you but know, he was also from a different style of college football, too. And a different style of tight end. Yeah. With, with that being said, too, I mean, you know, tight end is a completely different position now. I mean, these guys are, are lining up in the slot. They're... You know, they're out wide. They're not just blockers. They're not just big body blockers anymore. And that's kind of the risk you run. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons you got to keep Ebron. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you take a, a tight end later in the draft that is more of a blocker and then you, you develop them. But again, I don't I don't think Ebron's going to go because you don't really have anybody else to play tight end or at least anybody that's established. And you really don't want to dip your toe into the free agency market because there's nobody out there. I mean, there's no one out there worth the money, um, you know, that you're going to pay them. And, you know, I think you're better off just paying Ebron and, and living with, yeah, his drops and he's kind of a loud mouth, but at least he'll show flashes. At least he'll, he'll catch passes in, in the red zone. He'll be a red zone target at least. You kind of have to bite the bullet at least for one more year. One name that I just came across, uh, this guy just ended a two, got out of a, Four-year contract, two years in. Kyle Rudolph from the Minnesota Vikings was just released. I don't know what you guys think, but well, I think he's six foot six, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. That I mean, sounds he's, like a, he's a pretty good sounds like a six end, lineman to me. But would would the Steelers be able to afford him? Would they be able to match any offers out there? Is he going to get that much offers? I don't know. He, he didn't really do that well last year. He only had three hundred thirty-four yards in the passing game and a touchdown. And that's with a pretty high passing high. Yeah, high all around in twelve games, high octane offense. Yeah, he's thirty one. I mean, it's, it's what you guys think he's worth. I mean, I personally think he's he's a lot more of a Heath Miller, which seems to be the tight end that the Steelers fans and the Steelers organization want to kind of revive in their next guy compared to an Eric Ebron. But is he going to be worth it? Are the Steelers going to be able to make him an offer? I don't know. 
It's going to be interesting to see how much big country is going to demand on the open market because I don't yeah. think those estimates are out there just yet. No, they're not. 32 years old, too. That's I mean, a great nickname, by the way, Big Country. I'm seeing that right now. <laughs> He'd be great. Steelers fans would love that. Is that his nickname? Yeah, it is. I and I would that. honestly love to I, have I both would. Ebron and Kyle Rudolph if the money would work out because you could have a big, beefy Rudolph to block. You could have Ebron. You could run two tight ends. Like, I wish they did a lot more last year with Vance and Ebron. Right. I don't know what happened last year with Kyle Rudolph and his numbers going down, but, I mean, you look at— The only number that's alarming is one touchdown because that's where he eats. The red zone, he usually gets four or five touchdowns a year. Yeah. He's got a game-winning playoff touchdown in the red zone, too, against the Saints. But you look at Heath's numbers year to year. They're not the most staggering. They're not the most flashy. I mean, he's not going to be a pro football Hall of Famer, but no doubt he'll be a first ballot uh, Steelers Hall of Famer or what the Hall, Hall of, of Honor, Honor right? Yeah. So there's no doubt in my mind Heath Heath Miller is going to be in that Hall of Honor one day whenever. Oh, of course. Whenever the eligibility period ends or begins for him, but I I would love to see Kyle Rudolph in a, in a Steelers uniform just because of how much he reminds me of Heath Miller. Well, I think the crowd would like that too. But what do you yell whenever he catches the ball? Do you still just yell Heath or I mean, Rudolph? No one was yelling that when. When Vance caught a ball or Ebron caught a ball, so I feel like they that was, was kind of reserved for Jesse James. James was, was got it. the Heath treatment, yeah, yeah and then that it was never it. followed Vance McDonald or Ebron after that. But I don't know, maybe you could say Kyle. I don't know, Rudolph. but yeah, he does attract me because he's six foot six and two hundred and sixty five pounds. That's yeah, a huge. guy that can block. He's got some, and that's what he was used in for in Minnesota too. Exactly, but. Honestly, I do think we might be stuck with just Eric Ebron next year because that's probably the safest bet. Mm-hmm. And you got to take into account what Ben Roethlisberger is going to want, and I think he likes Ebron. Yeah, he I likes mean, that big tight end target that's an athlete right. and a receiver. And why wouldn't you like Ebron from that standpoint? I mean, I know I mentioned that, yeah, he, he can be a bit of a loudmouth sometimes, and he has some drop issues, but when you look at him, he's a big target. And, you know, I'm sure Ben in his last year is going to want the most playmakers that, you know, you can have and, and say what you want about Ebron off the field, but – and I know he has his, you know, his kind of bugaboos on the field, but he he still can, you know, has the ability to catch five, six touchdowns a year, and, and that's going to be huge for the Steel. I mean, they need to score as many points as they possibly can next year, that's for sure. And pair that with the loss of Juju, which is all, mo- all the most likely, you're going to want, as Ben, you, as you said, Kellen, Ben's going to want another guy to throw to, and he's already used to throwing to Iran, so I, I totally see what you're saying there. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Thank you so much for listening to us on SNR or for listening to the podcast on Steelers.com. If you haven't already, download and subscribe to that podcast on Apple or Spotify. On our next episode, we're going to talk about J.J. Watt. He's found his home, so we'll get all into that, and we'll talk about some other NFL headlines Excuse me, as we look around the league on the next episode of the Steelers Standard. For Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opferman. Thanks for listening.